Hello and welcome to Succeed Through Speaking, the place for experts and entrepreneurs who want high-value ideas to boost business results. Hello, I'm Tom Bailey, and in today's Speaker Stories episode, I'll be getting to know Stacey Roberts, who is an award-winning speaker, a mentor, and self-care and style strategist who connects emerging leaders with the information and skills they need to succeed. So Stacey, hello, and a very warm welcome to today's episode. Thank you, Tom. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. And just out of interest, whereabouts in the world are you right now? Sure. I'm coming from Atlanta, Georgia in the United States, southeastern US. Fantastic. Thank you for sharing. And I know that's something that you really excel in is helping and empowering others to shine. So for me, I really want to link this back to the theme for today's conversation. And that question is, how important has public speaking been for you in helping you to get your message out there to the world? Oh, goodness. I think it's been everything. I think it's been uh, the crux of my my business certainly the crux of um my ability to become more uh more visible mm-hmm. in the things that i'm doing so it, it's really important and i don't think i really prize speaking for what it truly is which is you know a platform that helps you to become more visible helps you to get in front of the people who are really looking for you and they may mm-hmm. not know that you exist but speaking helps to bridge that gap yeah perfect i've got a question that's interesting on the back of that so we talk about visibility and you know a lot of people think that maybe just putting videos out on social media is enough i guess what what extra does it give you being physically on stage in front of a large audience over and above just getting visible through putting videos out there on, online um i think the out, you know, more than being visible, I think speaking fast tracks that know, like, and trust factor that we're always seeking. Yeah. Um, you know, the more that people can see you, the more they hear your message, the more they resonate with your message, the more they're able to know you, like you, and trust you. And that can endear them to you in a way that really nothing else mm. can. Yeah. Um, so aside just be, from being visible, I mean, you can do that anywhere virtually youtube on your own platforms Mm -hmm. um but having that face-to-face interaction and being able to share your message on stages it really does help to fast track that know like and trust factor that a lot of um, coaches consultants strategists are 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 looking for perfect and i guess you know credibility is a word that i like to use when it comes to trust as well so you know the person stood at the front of the room is normally one seen as the leader in in that field so yeah a great place to position yourself in this industry absolutely and, and what about your clients i mean i, I saw the word engaging and um, emerging leaders sorry that, that you tend to work with do you tend to recommend that they do public speaking as well and, and if so you know what route do they or do you normally suggest they take well, I, because of the nature of my business, I don't necessarily recommend that my clients, it's not one of the things I'm actively mm-hmm. doing is recommending that they speak. Yeah. However, I find myself working mainly with executive level professionals and entrepreneurs who are already established. Yeah. And one of the missing links a lot of the time is, um, is speaking. 
Mm -hmm. I don't think we necessarily in the beginning look at speaking as the tool that it is to increase credibility, to increase visibility. So I would definitely encourage anybody who is in you know, an entrepreneurial endeavor seeking that or in high level executive positions where you do have to know how to present yourself, speak to different types of people for collaborative reasons or pitching a product or a service. Speaking can definitely be um, a tool in your toolbox. And I think the best way to, to go about doing that is to just start, just yeah. start yeah. Um, not really re um, relying on other people's platforms. Luckily, because of the advent of social media, we all have our, we have access to our own platform. So just mm -hmm. start speaking. And then once you find your community, they will, they will come to you and ask you to speak more and more. And that's your, that's your uh, way in the door. I love that. And you mentioned it being a, a tool in the toolbox. And I guess, you know, it, it's not a tool we necessarily have to be born with. We don't have to be a natural speaker. It's something that a tool that we can learn to, and, and improve over time. So what about in your toolbox? Were you a natural born speaker? Or was it something you've had to really work on over your career? No, 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 no. Speaking is not something that comes naturally to me. Um, I was a wallflower throughout high school. And when I got to university, I was probably a wallflower, very timid, very shy for the first half of my matriculation. It wasn't until I got to my junior year that I really began to find my voice and mm -hmm. find out what it was that I was going to do. Luckily, I was in a program on a track where I had to become comfortable being on stages, not as a speaker, but as a, a, a performer. And that really helped to break the ice for me so that by the time I got to the point where speaking was going to be beneficial for me, I was already comfortable being on stages. Yeah. All I had to do really was acquire the skills of speaking, you know, learning the, the art of oration, learning how to talk, learning how to tell stories. And so I think it's a combination, speaking is a combination of, of art and science where you have to be comfortable being on the stage. You have to feel comfortable telling stories um, and you have to be, be comfortable uh, with vulnerability as well, because I think to be a good storyteller takes a bit of transparency and a bit of, of vulnerability, which mm -hmm. I don't think many of us are very comfortable with at all. So no, no. Um, those are the things that, that, that had, I had to learn. It wasn't yeah. natural for me at all. No, no, I really resonate with that. You know, I've always been an introvert. I've always been the shy one. I've always been the kind of, I used to say I became an expert at avoiding public speaking throughout <laughs> my, my early career. Um, but yeah, you mentioned then about, you know, it being an art form. So when you think of think of art, you know, there's lots of different techniques, but what are some of the key, what are some of the main techniques that you think that people should learn to, to really craft this art? And you've already mentioned one, which is storytelling. So what else do you think people really need to craft to improve this art form? I think storytelling is ba is mainly the crux of becoming mm. a really good speaker because that's the way that we can connect with people in a very intimate way. And if you're really good at crafting a story, you can make people laugh, you can make people cry, you can mm -hmm. move them to be motivated um, when they when they didn't have that motivation for themselves. You know, storytelling is definitely an art, but it's a science too. And it's one of the tools in the in the speaker toolbox that will help you to convey an, an idea. And I think another another thing that probably needs to be said is that if you aren't good at speaking, 
there's nothing wrong with hiring someone that can help you with speaking. Cool. So another another tool that I would say, in addition to storytelling, is having a coach or a mentor, someone who has hopefully done what it is that you're trying to do for many, many years. They know mm-hmm. the ins and outs. They know the ropes. Um, speaking is an art and a science, but it is a business as well. And so yeah. there's a way that you have to navigate that business in order to make the most of it and get the most out of it. If you don't really know about the business of speaking, oftentimes mentorship and coaching can be very, very valuable as well. Yeah, perfect. Now that's that's been really, really useful so far. Um, I think you mentioned the word comfort and, and, and comfort zones a few times. So I think we'll talk about that in just a second. But the first thing I wanted to ask is for anybody listening that would like to get better at speaking or would like to become a speaker one day and I think you mentioned just just get out there and do it you know what would your answer be to the question what do I talk about (laughs) so the first piece of advice that I would give anyone interested in speaking if they were to ask me that question I would say talk about what you know Mm -hmm. do not talk about things that you know nothing about speakers In order for us to tell stories, we have to speak from a very authentic place. And you can't speak from a place of authenticity if you haven't lived or experienced the things that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. So I would say, first and foremost, make sure that you're speaking about things, topics that you are very knowledgeable about, that you have lived, that you have very personal stories about that you can then lend to the to the listener, to the to the audience. That would be the first thing I would suggest. That's the most important. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really important because I think one of the fears that come up for people is around imposter syndrome and and being found out and maybe being asked a question by the audience you don't know how to answer. So I guess by speaking on a topic that you know a lot about, you can start to alleviate some of those concerns for you. And I also want to ask about so on a speaker's journey, there's normally that start point when you're speaking for free, you're speaking for small audiences, you're you're trying to find your your I guess your message. And there's a transition point then to go from free speaker to paid speaker. What advice would you give to somebody that's maybe just about to go through that transition? And and how do you ask for money to speak? Sure. So I would, there's a time and place for free speaking and there's a time and place for paid speaking. And Just because someone is not giving you the fee that you're asking for to speak does not mean that that speaking engagement is free. There are a lot of ways to circumvent that and to say, okay, I'll waive my fee in lieu of the following X, Y, Z. And there are ways that you may not exchange monies, but you're still exchanging value. And that's, I think, is a very important delineation to make. Just because there's no monies being exchanged doesn't necessarily mean that there's no value being exchanged. Um, I think every speaker, because of that, will always participate in some type of free. When I say free, I mean like a waiving of your fee. You'll always do that because if you're smart, you'll know that just getting access to certain rooms will help your bottom line significantly. Mm -hmm. Just because you're not getting a fee from the from the person that's hiring you doesn't mean that you won't make money from that speaking engagement, especially if you're using speaking like I do. Yeah. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm in the coach consultant strategist category. And so I use speaking in, in a lot of times to get new clients on board. If I don't get paid to speak, but I sign up a $10,000 client, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm getting paid to speak yeah. essentially yeah, in, yeah. My, in my mind. So that's the way I look at it. Um, 
in the beginning, I would all I would also say make sure you have mastered your signature talk. Yes. One of the things that uh, free engagements can give you is the experience of delivering your talk, crafting a talk, getting the kinks out of your talk. And so you begin to say, okay, well, I, I put that joke in here. That didn't really land very well. Maybe I'll take that out the next time. Or maybe I'll start the talk with a different story and see how the audience reacts to that. And as you begin to build a pattern of, of presentation, you get to know how to deliver the talk in a more impactful way. And once you become more comfortable, more confident with that, then I think you're ready to begin asking for your fee. Mm-hmm. Perfect. And picked up on the word signature talk there is there a magic recipe or formula for the perfect signature talk or does it very much depend on your topic and your audience and, and what type of the presentation it is uh, I think it depends I think there is a general recipe for a signature talk you know you have your intro maybe for a good 10 minute 15 or 5 10 minutes mm-hmm. you may have the body of your talk for 20 minutes you may have some bullet points that you want to cover in that body. And then you have your clothes and then you have, if you have the opportunity to pitch, you can pitch towards the end. So within a 45 minute hour keynote or so, um, you know, you you can create an outline or a rubric, so Mm -hmm. to speak, but it depends on the audience in terms of how you're going to deliver that speech. Yeah. Case in point, I just did a program um, for a youth organization last week and I could never, I mean, these, these were teenage boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I could have never spoken to them in the way that I'm going to be speaking at a, a, a woman's conference that I'm going to be speaking at in January. Mm-hmm. Two totally different audiences. I'm still at, in, at the base of it, giving the same type of meat to the women in January that I'm going to, that I was giving to the men last weekend, but I'm having to deliver it in a different way because of the audience. Yeah. And so you have to, yes, you can craft a signature talk in a very organized fashion, but the delivery of that talk may vary depending on the audience that you're speaking to. Yeah. I love that. And that's, that's a really important distinction because I guess a signature talk, let's say you base it around 40 minutes. In theory, if you've got the, the chunks, you could deliver that in 20 minutes, you could deliver it in 60 minutes, in 90 minutes, in, in three hours, you know, because ultimately you're just adding more stories or more anecdotes or, yeah, so I think that may, really makes sense to have that really structured format and then be able to flex it to the audience. Um, so a couple more questions and then and then I think um, I've extracted enough value out of this conversation <laughs> for our listeners. Um, I think the next question for me is about somebody, because you mentioned not necessarily getting paid to speak, but being able to actually still derive, you know, new clients on the back of that. What What's the main difference between delivering a talk that someone's paid you as a keynote to deliver and delivering a talk that you hope that people take an action off the back of it? What, how, how do you just make that distinction between the two? In terms of the talk, I don't really make much of a distinction. Okay. I, I, the, yeah. the value that I give in a signature talk or, or any presentation is the value. The value doesn't change mm-hmm. in any way. It's it mainly it's the, de- the delivery and the wrap up at the end. Yes. So if I'm going to be extending an invitation to someone at the end of a, of a talk, I'll tag that on the end of the, you know, at the end of the time on stage. Mm-hmm. And it just depends if I'm not going to have that um, that ability to do that, then, of course, I, I won't yeah. do that. And it doesn't really change the format of the signature talk. 
I'm still yeah. given the same amount of value to, regardless of the audience and regardless of the um, ability to pitch from the stage. That, that's really good because I, I have I have seen speakers in the past with these, you know, sell sell from the stage type presentations. They they don't really deliver any value. They they tell you what it is and why you need it, but there's no value. There's no how to. There's no you know nuggets of key takeaways. So I think. I'm glad that you try you staying true to the value you can add to your audience. Um, That's the most important yeah. thing across the board. I mean, as speakers, our goal is to to deliver value to the audiences that we speak to. And there are workarounds for not being able to invite people for the next logical step in terms of working with you. Mm -hmm. You can always say, you know, you can reach out to me if you have any questions or here my social media platforms feel free to re reach out to me we can have a conversation even if even i'm not i'm not uh, selling from the stage i'm still saying here i am mm. i'm available to you if you want to have a conversation and nine times out of ten if someone is intrigued enough about your your speech about your topic about what you have to offer they're going to find you and reach out to you to inquire about working with you more if that's what they want to do so there's always ways to work around that if you don't have the opportunity to sell from the stage what's 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 been your most successful call to action is is it download this report is it you know text this number is it buy now like what what's been the most successful call to action for you i really love and i'm sure many of your your listeners and viewers know about this but talk a dot i use talk a dot i don't know um i'm not sure if it's if it's an app that is globally mm -hmm. Um, accessible. Mm -hmm. But if it is, I really love it because it allows you to put a QR code if you're using presentations and screens yeah. and things like that. And especially if you're presenting virtually, which has become, I mean, that's, mm -hmm. that's what a lot of us are doing now anyway. Yeah. You're able to put that QR code into your slides. And that way someone can scan that QR code, be taken directly to your Talkadot platform, where they can leave real time um, a real-time review about your speech, and then you can uh, opt in for a lead magnet. Yeah. They're added to your subscriber list, and now you build relationship with them over time. So that's a really good tool that I'll offer your listeners. If you aren't already using Talkadot, I think it's talkadot.com, mm -hmm. check out the site. It's a really useful tool for engaging after you've delivered your speech, you get testimonials, and you also get to build your email subscriber list. Yeah, I love I love that because you know we all we all know and expect download my lead magnet. Like, whereas if you're asking for genuine feedback and I really want to know what you thought of this talk, I'd love to hear your thoughts and and that then leads to the next step. But yeah, I really like that way of doing it. Um, thank, thanks for sharing that. And and actually that leads me on to my very final question for this conversation, which is if somebody wants to either book you as a speaker or find out more about you, where's the best place for them to go? Sure. For speaking engagements, you can reach me at stacyroberts.org. My name, Stacy, S-T-A-C-E-Y, roberts.org. All of my information is there. You can find all of my social platform links there as well. That's probably the best and easiest way to contact me. Okay, perfect. And I'll put all of those links into the show notes as well so people can click them and find out more. So, Stacy, thank you again so much for your time today. I really appreciate you coming along, sharing your story and loads of great value with our audience. Thank you so much, Tom. It's been a pleasure.